episode 103 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharper. Hello! And Matt Cassell. How's it going? It is Monday night, July 10th, and we are kind of sort of fresh off seeing Spider-Man Homecoming, the summer darling of superhero movies. All that sarcasm just dripping right directly into the microphone. Everybody loves it. Everybody uh, wants some. There are sparing negative reviews of Homecoming. Uh, I don't know if we're going to... Well, you think there are? No, I wasn't making a face at you. I was making a face at me because I was trying to think. Chances are, you know... Chances do you have are, to look in a mirror to do that? to make a No, face I just happened yourself? to make a face and he was oh. like real hardcore on my facial tick that I was doing. So Way to notice, Paul. Well, the it, it, it was just coincidence after I said uh, the rare bad review, so maybe we'll get one tonight. Um, yeah, we do have a bad review that we will get to tonight. Oh so, boy! Uh, all right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley? Absolutely. McSauce.com is where you can find great reviews of comic books. Paul, you go through and talk about comic books every single Monday. Is that right? I do. Uh, I also- do. I'm back on the horse. Uh, so watch those uh, cocaine-fueled reviews every Monday. We also have comic strips that Paul and myself do twice a week. And this lovely podcast on Wednesdays or Thursdays. <clears throat> if you go to McSauce.com, you can check out all those different things. Also, go to the Facebook page. We're all over social media. So if you go to Facebook, you can find us there. You can find us on Instagram. We also have a Twitter presence. And we're on YouTube as well, so type in McSauce anywhere that you can. You'll probably get something that we're doing, so M-C-S-O-S-S. So Spider-Man Homecoming came out last Thursday. Matt, you saw it too sweet. I saw it on you Thursday. Saw it Thursday night. Thursday uh, night. It, yep. I saw it Saturday morning. I saw it Sunday morning. <clears throat> you are the worst Spider-Man fan on the the I Yes, I must be. Matt, well done. Thank you. Way to to get right up on it. Which which of us was the most excited about Spider-Man Homecoming? I don't... I think I can pull myself from the running. Because you guys are... One of you would be the McSauce resident Spider-Fan. I think we share... We share the title. We pass it back and forth. It's like, uh... Wrestling, where like the baby face and the heel go up against each other once in a while, we're, and sometimes we're equally critical of the uh, the current state of affairs in the comic book as well. So I don't know. Uh, I wasn't like majorly excited until the day it actually came out, and then I was like, I really want to go see this. Now, part of the excitement for me is just the movie going experience. That's part of what I love about movies is just going there and the dark theater, the popcorn, all that stuff. Uh, but I was pretty sure this was going to be good, and I was excited about it. In spite of the fact that I think the trailers were a little bit on the weaker side. Yeah, and they also gave away, I think, a lot of the plot. <clears throat> Luckily, I stayed away mm-hmm. from anything aside from like the trailers that they released. I did watch that one clip the Monday before, the clip where he... Um, 
had climbed to the top of the, Oh, I saw that as well. The, yeah. The, um, what's the monument called? Washington, Washington Monument. Monument. The one, you know, the one in Washington, that monument in Washington. Some there people, are a few. Some people call it the Washington Monument. Crawls to the top and flips over the helicopter. That sequence was was released and online, and I watched it, and I was like, you know what? No more. Can't watch another thing because this is going to get spoiled. Just like, I don't know if you remember... For the Amazing Spider-Man Two, they basically released that entire movie in segments leading up to the movie. I don't remember having such a problem with it. The first time that I really uh, recognized this like modern trailer problem that we're having was Batman v Superman. It was worse for yeah. uh, believe it or not. Here's the thing. You're a reliable source. I'll he believe you. Here's the thing. Batman v Superman released everything in its bizarrely extended cut trailer that was incredibly unnecessary. Amazing Spider-Man 2 did it via a series of uh, like clips from the movie mm -hmm. leading up to it. I think that movie actually released more shit than the trailers showed for Batman v Superman. Mm. Amazing Spider-Man 2 was maybe the the biggest offender of, of all. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, Batman v Superman is more well uh, noted in that in that way than than Amazing Spider-Man Two. Maybe there was just like a higher Q rating with Batman v but Superman. More people were aware of it. Like it had yeah. a longer lead-in time. We were talking about Batman v Superman for years. It's not just what they show as well. It's the fact that like they could show the most minor thing, but if you have that in your head going into a movie you're waiting for it right. and then you're trying to piece it in there like figure out what the puzzle is and how is this one little snippet that you have that you've seen how is that going to fit into it and you're busy worrying about that instead of just taking it all in as it was really intended to be taken in right. you know the movie wasn't made to be seen the way that it, it kind of is presented to us in trailers that's a marketing company's job to make it look that way. I, th I think that, thankfully, we talked a lot preceding going to the movies to see this, um, this Spider-Man. And I think we thought we knew a little bit more about the plot than, we, than actually was on the screen. I think the, the steps and the events of the plot did not happen in quite the way that I was assuming that they happened. There was more time in between some of the things that the, the trailer showed. So I, I guess that's a good thing, that it didn't actually give that's away the entire That's definitely a good thing. It's good for you. I, you know, here's the thing. I think I turned my brain off when I would watch these trailers. I don't really know if I had an idea of what the plot was going to be. That's uh, surprising, because you're one of the most analytical, detective-like <laughs> people that I've ever come across. Like, but you are putting together the Star Wars Last Jedi stuff that, in a way that I've never seen before. That's the point right there. He's... Columbo when it comes to Star Wars properties. Matt gets a little loosey-goosey with his detectiving for Marvel Studios. What's well, a bad detective? He's Inspector Gadget? With I think I think I part of it was, no, it was more intentional. I didn't want to try to understand. It just wasn't important to me because I just felt confident. Look, we knew that this is the right kid to play Spider-Man because we'd seen him before in Civil right. War so we, we felt confident there you know we liked a lot of like what they had set up he looked good uh, in the costume all that stuff so it was just more like 
I wasn't worried about, well, how exactly does Iron Man fit into it? And how, what exactly is the Vulture's role? I knew they were in it, but I didn't try to piece it together and understand how it all kind of mixed together. And I think that made for a more enjoyable experience than the Batman v Superman way of going in where it's like, okay, well, I'm expecting to see Wonder Woman show up. I'm expecting to see Doomsday show up. See, I, I felt the same way with, with this movie. Like, I I really enjoyed Homecoming, but beat for beat, I was like, yep, 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 this is exactly what the trailers told me it was going to It was, but I think it was actually delayed a little bit. The thing that we talked about is, you know, there's an inciting incident. Peter Parker has this suit that has all this tech. Inciting incident happens. He loses the suit and then spends, like, a, a chunk of the movie redeeming himself in without the tech and that's what i thought the thrust of the movie was but it wasn't it was like all that stuff kind of happened towards the end which i was thankful that it was kind of compacted towards the last you know two-thirds of the movie yeah you didn't you mean last third you didn't think well uh, no like uh, uh last two-fourths of the movie the the trailers told me exactly what the beats were going to be so it was you know, we know going in, he's, you know, Tony's suit. Um, shit fucks up on the ferry. Tony takes the suit away. Then he has to fight Vulture in the hoodie. Maybe, so, like, maybe I mean, that's that, right. That the last third out. of the movie. That like, was all laid out. Right, but that only happens in, like, it, the final act, then. All that stuff kind of happens at the end of the movie. Except when the movie starts, and we know he has Tony's suit, and the, the ferry was in the middle of the movie. Like it's it was was the ferry in the middle of the movie? I don't think it was. Mm, probably the last third. All right, but the, there's but, a I'm I'm nitpicking because there's a big distinction where there's a lot of time where he's in the suit doing shit, figuring the suit out, hacking the suit, abusing his powers. Like there's a lot of things that happen. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. There was it. a lot of stuff that we didn't see, but the big the big temples of the plot, we knew what was gonna happen. Right, right. Like, we knew right. we knew what was gonna happen with the plot. There mm-hmm. was a twist. That huge twist. Big, we'll big get twist, to that. Maybe a little unexpected, but for the most part, you know, Tony suit. Tony takes it away. Has to have the big fight in the hoodie, and then he wins. Right, right. Because that's what heroes do. Spoilers. It's, <laughs> but I, th- I think the initial Peter Parker doesn't die at the end of this movie. <laughs> I think the initial question was like, who was more excited? Um, Matt, you said you were just kind of so-so. Going in until the day of. Do you guys want to arm wrestle for Prob- excitement was, title? No, it's okay. I was probably about a six. We're just going back. I was probably about a six, but hey, that skyrocketed because I went opening day and I on a on a school night. Yeah, right. Sometimes schedules Why? conflict, so, so the, I couldn't go on a school just night. Just the excitement of going to the movies late night on a Thursday that skyrocketed your expectation of the movie. Or were you just excited to go uh, to my the theater? Because you're a big child about what? going to the theater. It, 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 In a good way. That's not condescending. You are. You're, no, that's okay. you're a theater junkie. Right, zip, zip your lips and I'll tell you. So, Polynomics is excitement by uh, uh, expectations. It didn't increase my expectations, but it did increase my excitement. The fact that it was it was here. It was out. I could go to the theater. I went and I checked online. Are there tickets available? Holy shit. Yes, there are. There's seats. Just go. My excitement level also rose, but 
because I was, I guess, a, lit, a late bloomer, if you will. I went fucking so late. Sunday morning. Lazy as shit. Bad. You know what? I lost my Spider-Man fan club badge for going Sunday morning. I went before you, and I don't even like Spider-Man. Right. Well, <clears throat> but I had heard some of the... Uh, I tried to avoid it, but I it's it, it, it was undeniable. It's hard to avoid... Some of the media, um, press, some of the, just the general social... That was part of it, too. Social media stuff yeah. where I was you like, just see people posting like, hey, Spider-Man, and, and good things. Like, you can't you can't avoid it. So I had the good vibes of a good Spider-Man film filling me up. And they're like, oh, maybe I should get off my ass and actually go see so this yeah, movie. Speaking of good vibes, <clears throat> what, what did this movie do right? What did you like about it? It, I think Tom Holland really nailed both the Peter Parker nerdiness, mm-hmm. youth aspect, um, the the intelligence that we know of Peter Parker, but the uncomfortable. He was kind of almost, he almost felt more like a dweeb nerd, like a like into comics and Star Wars nerd, more than a science nerd to me. Yeah, but it like doesn't pop culture want to meld those two things nowadays? Isn't that a big bang effect that, that's, that has happened to that's nerds? That's kind of fair, but like for example, Tobey Maguire was portrayed as more of a science nerd, right? right? Like he wasn't worried about how many pieces are in the Death Star Lego set, yeah. whereas this Peter Parker was. So this Peter Parker was Maybe a little bit more like us at this day. Right. And, and like, in a way, like, maybe that's the way that, cho- like, kids, teens, kids are nowadays. Like, we don't know any of them. We don't have children. Like, we don't know kids or teenagers. So I, maybe that's how some teens are. I hung out with a 14-year-old for 11 days. Was he Spider-Man? A couple weeks ago. Uh, he, I don't think he was Spider-Man. But he was more along the... Um, a cerebral, but also on the football team nature of uh, nerd, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what the current distinction is, but he is more than capable of being a Rubik's cube and magic savant, but also can being a vital part of the football team. Yeah. So uh, I I would so, say that they 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 nailed. At least a version of nerd that the comic book fan, even in our age, is going to identify with and see part of themselves mm-hmm. in Peter Parker, and I think that's an important thing to do. And as handsome as Tom Holland is, he was able to still be, still be like not popular. I don't necessarily want to say nerdy, but well, he's he was just still like the lesser class. Well, I think that there's a dynamic because they take it out of a high school and put it into like a tech academy for science and yeah, math. Yeah, there's like a so, group of these right. nerds and he's kind of like head nerd. He's like their king. He's looked up to by the rest of the group. And even Flash Thompson, who is traditionally you know, football player jock bully, is on the tech nerd scholar team. Right. He's just a like dickhead. Yeah. So like that's a, you know he was still he wasn't beating Peter up 
but he had my favorite line of the entire movie, Penis Parker. <laughs> like, that's fucking <laughs> awesome that he was just such a shithead. And relentless with it. Oh, I know. Like, so what he lacked in physical strength, he made up for in assholishness. <laughs> so... Um, so they got, you know, I, I think they nailed Tom Holland. The one thing going in that I was sort of um, hesitant was, how are you going, the, this is like the, what, sixth, seventh time that we've seen Spider-Man on the silver screen. How are you going to make Spider-Man feel new and fresh and exciting to an audience that's super familiar with that? Paul, go ahead. Um, can we draw the line in the sand right now that we're going to talk about Spider-Man movies? I've seen... A couple of times, people include Civil War and, like, Spider-Man movie nonsense. Civil War is not a Spider-Man movie. Um, Civil but, War features Spider-Man. Right, and, but, and that's us seeing Spider-Man, though. We saw Spider-Man is. do his thing, it is, right? Spider-Man movie features Spider-Man characters, Spider-Man locations. Um, Spider-Man is the main character. But sure. Spider-Man, real Spider-Man stories. Why do you, like why do you to, take issue with that? Like, like that's, that's a weird line to draw because you, it, you still need to see Spider-Man. I think in Civil War, he was new and fresh. They did do some things that were different there. But you have to continue and extend that into a full-on Spider-Man movie. So I, I would even include his, his slight role in Civil War. Like I don't know why you're drawing the line. Because Civil War is not a Spider-Man movie. Um, Civil War is a Iron Man Captain America movie with Spider-Man for a little bit. Um, we, we get to see Spider-Man in action. We get a little taste of his personality. We get to see him fight, but we don't get to see who Peter Parker is. We get a, we don't we get, get a little bit of that. We, we get, get enough. We get a right? little bit of it, but it's not it's not a movie. It's not a movie about Spider-Man. It's it's a Marvel movie with a guest appearance by Spider-Man. It doesn't count as a Spider-Man movie. I understand what you're saying. I think that you're really splitting hairs there. I think that the the effect that that Spider-Man character has throughout like what happens in this movie is a big it's a big deal and they needed to do something fresh in that movie it has a ripple effect on the additional things that they needed to do here but once again we can take it out it's not it's really not a big deal at all Um, Matt what do you think I don't really understand your point Um, my point yeah I don't I don't think if you're gonna rank the Spider-Man movies, we're not ranking them. I'm just saying, well, like, right? But if you're if you're if you're quantifying like Spider-Man stories, Civil War is not on that list because it's not a Spider-Man story. Right, right. But it's, it's a an, guest appearance. It's but in, it is a guest appearance. But you get like a sizable chunk of the character outside of his outside of his uniform you get like a, a condensed origin story because he gets that cost like it condensed origin story enough that they felt the need to continue to do stuff with it from his pov at the beginning of this movie okay. like so it was an important enough thing that they're like hey we're gonna like we're gonna rerun some of this back again so like i i, I wouldn't include it if we're ranking spider-man appearances right. or Spider-Man movies, but I think it, it like it does count in the greater like what effect what different things did they need to do in this movie opposed to what they did in Civil War. Like I think that still counts. Cause they needed to do they needed to do more fresh things 
for the audience to be like, oh, well, this is different. This is yeah. a different version of Spider-Man. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know Matt. why you have such a hard line against Civil War. Well, I get. I mean, they built on what they did in Civil War, but, I mean, yeah, it, it's not... If we rank Spider-Man movies, you wouldn't rank Civil War. It's not a... Because it's, it's, and it's that's not, not my it's argument not a at all. Story. Do you so, think, I don't understand. Um, kind do of you like think Homecoming completely falls apart and is trash in, in the box office? If Civil War doesn't happen, no, that's no, not no, that's no, no, not no, my no, point no. at all. But man, it leans heavily on the events that happen in Civil War. But everything in Civil War is covered from a different angle in this movie. It all works. All the all the dots are connected so that Homecoming can stand on its own. If you've never seen Civil War, you get Homecoming. You get the Spider Man portion of homecoming maybe there are some questions about that giant non-earth monster in the beginning with the vulture like where the what what where's all that from there are some marvel studios connectivity rewind rewind what's that earth monster like the the, chitauri chitauri like why is there whales first of all let's stop assuming that people are just bombing into these films and not seeing the rest of them these are gigantic multi-billion dollar TV episodes. Like, these are... This is them telling a story in a big way, but, like, this is these are episodes of TV just on the silver screen at this point. Everybody's fucking... Everybody that went to see Spider-Man saw the Avengers. They just did. They just did. No, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. Uh, I think there's... I there's, think at some point, they did. Oh, I think, I think the majority, absolutely. But I think there are... Absolutely, a, a big portion of people. A big portion of people. The that, Avengers made yeah. billions of dollars. Let, let one person should talk at, at a time. By the way, we should have a conversation where we go back and forth. We are talking. Okay, Matt, tell us. Oh, I'll go. Okay, so yes, the majority of the people that saw Amazing or saw uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, saw Avengers, saw Civil War, all that stuff. But I do think there's a large contingent of people that didn't see. Maybe any of the other Marvel movies, because Spider-Man is different. Spider-Man appeals to an audience that doesn't even know what the Avengers are. There are people that don't know what fucking Avengers are, don't know what Iron Man is, but they know Spider-Man. It's probably an older audience. Maybe people like my mom or my dad. Yeah, that audience is shrinking, dude. Like, Well, I realize there's less old people, and they're dying off. But well, the, no, like the media. Remember how I said conversation. The, the satur- no, remember how I said that we have a conversation. We go back and forth a little bit. Right. Well, usually like, so the we one person talk. finishes, and then the next person comes in. I look. I know two hundred and three episodes. You're trained to interrupt, but just try not to. You can go ahead and talk. Go ahead. Make your stupid point. So, ha! I know he doesn't like it because he always interrupts. But in this case, I think there's a large contingent of people. That Spider-Man is a unique case. Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that are going to... And maybe even Wonder Woman are going to stand on their own. That There's a group of people that will not give a crap about the Ant-Man movie. Or a movie called Civil War. But they care. You can shake your head all you want, but it, it's true. Like, my mom doesn't know what the fuck Civil War is. She just doesn't. But she knows who Spider-Man is. She might be more likely to go see Spider-Man based on all the positive reviews that it's getting, the good word of mouth. She may actually go see that. 
Whereas Civil War, I guarantee you, somebody like her is not going to see. And my mom's not exclusive. There's a, a large portion of these people that might not have seen it. Like, you're taking it for granted that everybody fucking saw the Marvel movies and they're going to... Because they made billions of dollars, Matt. And they're on Netflix. That represents everybody. On... That represents the entire fucking movie-going population. I didn't say that. that but yes, you did. The media saturation is such that... It's silly to sit. You sure you can use Ant Man as like an example, but everybody knows that who Captain America, Iron Man, and the Avengers are now. They yeah. do. People think, know. Yeah, that. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're. And this is a retarded. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. I don't know how this devolved into this conversation. Like I, I really don't. It's you're, stupid. You're right to a point because I believe this is where, this is where Marvel has taken the movie going audience. But there's we're not we're not at hundred percent saturation yet. There are still bigger names than Marvel. Spider Man is still a bigger name than Marvel. There's like Matt and I just confronted a person today that thought Batman was gonna be in the Avengers. So like there's still a whole world out there. I mean we are balls deep. But they knew who the Avengers were though, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of the argument right. that you guys are having right no. now. No. And like, no, that's not the argument. We're not having the argument that people don't know who the Avengers are. We, okay. the, the, the argument is people know, way more people know who Spider-Man is than who the Avengers are. Spider-Man is the Spider face is of Marvel big, Comics. I understand. Big so, I, like, I think we're on the way to what you're talking about. And you're, you're right in uh, a big percentage. But I think there's still a lot of people out there that watched Homecoming and were really confused by the the opening scene with uh, with the Vulture and they have all the alien stuff and the monster and they're like, well, what the fuck a, is a, going on? A here? big percentage of people, really? A, that's, a that's, big, a big enough. That's interesting. Percentage. A big, not maybe not a big percentage because it's all relative, but probably a lot of people. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thing. I would be interested in hearing people that saw it. Like, our audience is clearly tainted with being already Here's the deal. slanted towards comic book fans. But I'm, I'm, that's, that's interesting to me. I don't understand how movies that saturate the general public to this extent Here's could the deal be that then. confused. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but this Spider-Man movie had the biggest opening out of all Marvel movies so far? Absolutely did. Okay, so more people saw Spider-Man... Then maybe saw Avengers or something so, like that. So it's 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 reasonable, and we all know Spider Man is a bigger name than the Avengers. It probably Spider-Man will be is like a bigger that name forever. than Justice League. Right. Spider Man is probably just as big a name as Superman at this point. There's there's not many names bigger than Spider Man. I think I, I named it right. It's Superman, Batman, Spider Man, and probably Wonder Woman. I'd say. Those four are bigger than everything else. Teams, companies, DC and Marvel, those characters individually represent a bigger uh, piece of the pie as far as like what what is permeated like pop culture, who you, the, the vast majority of people know. You guys are 100% right with that. I'm not arguing with that at all. What I am arguing is the, the gulf in between these things I think is closing quickly because of the saturation of the Marvel movies and the people that have seen them and are aware of that's what I who just, Iron Man and that's Captain. what I just told you we're you getting didn't. we're getting closer to your point of market saturation 
Right, right. You told me that because yeah. that's what I was expressing to both of you. Yeah, and I like I'm okay. not fighting you. I agree with you. Right, right, we are getting there, right. but we're not there yet. Right, right. right. Great. So can we can we can we move on to yes. some other things? Can we move on because this is boring Ian, to so, the audience? So can we else, move on? So, no, 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 no. Let's move on. No, I'm not losing at all. I'm telling you these things. And you're like, well, let me rejigger what I'm saying here to fit what you're saying. The route is on. Let's, restart. Why, why don't why why don't we argue about nonsense for a little bit instead of talking about the movie that we actually came here to talk about? Then we open this with like, hey Ian, what did you like about the movie? Why don't we battle about who's better, the Avengers or Spider-Man? Or even if Spider-Man's appearance in Civil War is even valid. Why don't we fight about that? Well, You're right. That's nothing me, that I wanted us, to fight about. Let us reset the scoreboard. What, whatever you want to do. Whatever you would like to do. Paul, what did you like about the Spider-Man movie? Uh, Matt, what did you like? Either one of you. Go ahead and tell me instead of fight me on some dumb shit that he, we actually weren't fucking talking about. He literally just interrupted himself. <laughs> that, that, go back. In every single episode, you interrupt both of us all the time. Don't act like you're a saint. Don't martyr yourself. You do that all the time. <laughs> Should I throw myself on the microphone? That's what you do every fucking week. Whenever you're like, I got interrupted. So let's 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 take this from a completely different angle. How does Michael Keaton's uh, what was his name? Adrian? I don't know who fucking Adrian. Um, Tombs. Adrian, yeah. Adrian Tombs. Yes. How does how does he rank with the other Marvel Studios villains? Better, worse, more depth, not fleshed out enough, not as transparent as Malekith. What do we not, think? not as mustache twirly as uh, Darren Cross. <laughs> he was the worst. Darren or Cross the best, the depending on how you look at it. So, uh, may I? What? Whatever, whatever. Do you want me to take you down from that cross? Do you need help? Are you going to come back in three days? If you'd have delivered that a second later, would have to start over because I would have spit beer all over this table. No, you go. We're we're big boys here. Go ahead. No, you go. You're you you're go. a grown adult. You can you can handle it. You've argued with me for two hundred episodes. You can do it again. Well, I'm not arguing unless you have the wrong opinion, which is uh, Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes was one of the best villains in a Marvel movie so far. Um, hey, we agree. You it disagree. I, I think they actually fleshed out his character really well. Uh, there were actually a, a couple moments when he was kind of scary-ish, you know? Uh, not often, but he often enough. He seemed like a real guy. He seemed like a real guy. He, part of me didn't like that, though, because he almost seemed like not bad enough. Uh, but, I mean, come on, it's Michael Keaton, so how bad can he really be? Um, what, what do you mean by not bad enough? I think he got... I think Michael Keaton has the gear to get really threatening because he did get really threatening in the car with Peter. That was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie because it was so like you could he would he had the intellectual capacity to put together really quickly like oh oh I know who you are and also threaten him in the moment even before the whole bring my gun out stuff like he was threatening him at the light so. I don't know. Like, I, I, I thought that he was, he, he was 
he was definitely a, uh, a villain. He had some evilness to him. Um, I don't think he was like a, a serial killer or a like crazed murderer. Like when he he accidentally kills the first shocker. Yeah. And he was like, ah, ah shit, I thought that. But like in a way that he was so nonchalant about murdering somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's like true. I guess that also. But part like, of that yeah. had to happen though. Was that because was of that, the comedic beat? Was it the joke of the scene, or did was he like? I think it was part of. Was it. he like oopsie? I grabbed the wrong gun. It was but he the, meant to vaporize him the entire time. No, it was no, the it was joke of the scene, scene, but he also, like, it didn't crush him. He was yeah, still right. like, oh, well, now on to the but next he, thing. He, so he, now you're the shocker. But do you think he did it on purpose? No. No. I don't but, think he But if it had crushed him, if he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that, then that would, A, it would kill the scene because then it kind of takes the joke away. And B, it, it takes I think... A, uh, it makes him sympathetic, and he can't be that sympathetic. He's well, already pretty sympathetic. Yeah, like the entire pre like flipping pages scene is to make you feel sympathetic for a villain in a way that was so out of the box for Marvel that I think they're hearing a lot of the criticism right. like, "Are your villains suck?" Like right. where starting the movie with him was kind of a bold choice, I think. Well, up until this point, uh, that entire universe, Netflix shows included. Wilson Fisk has been the best villain. Right. And then, like, Loki's in that weird gray area. I I, I know we talk about that, but I Loki's a villain. Yeah, like, he, yeah, I guess his it, plan yeah. is to murder his dad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But he's but the he best guy. he still worked with Thor. He was kind of... To, to, like, but why did to he further his own life? Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, Loki's, Loki's a bad guy. Loki is the best. <laughs> he's just fucking handsome, and people like him. But then Adrian Toomes is coming up an easy third on that list. Well, it, it doesn't mean that... I don't know. Like, I've been trying to rank the villains. And I, I, I think Adrian Toomes is ranking number one for me. Purple Man's really this, good. Purple Man's really good, too. But I don't know. I just... I, I had more fun with Adrian Toomes. Than David them, Tennant? Yeah, I did. I did. Really? Yeah, I Dave like because uh, yeah, but he's, I'm sorry. Like he's great, but Michael Keaton's way more charming. And like he's, and David Tennant's evil. Kilgrave is evil. Evil. Just like Darren Cross is evil. Uh, is evil. Ronan is evil. Uh, Adrian Toomes isn't evil. He's just bad. You know. He yeah. He's just he's just bad. He's just kind of a thug. He just kind of becomes a thug, and it. It works like it works great for the story that we're telling. You know, it works great against Spider-Man because yeah. you know Spider-Man, much like Batman, works best on street-level villains. Neither one of them needs to be you know stopping a Chitauri wormhole in the sky. Like they work best on a heartfelt level when there's some kind of grounded emotion attached. That's one of the things that I really liked about this movie were the low stakes. Like, sure, we're capturing. Um, Chitauri uh, technology and we're going out and trying to steal from the Avengers but the stakes of everything that actually happen are pretty low to the ground they're you know just like Spider-Man they're in your neighborhood basically. You're absolutely right what was the last time they made a superhero movie Marvel or DC where it felt like the stakes kind of weren't world ending or something. Yeah because even if like, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, Logan, no, because 
he essentially has a weapon of mass destruction right. that he's trying to get away from people. Right. So, I mean, this is really a, an Deadpool? about face. Maybe Deadpool? Yeah, I guess Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, Deadpool. And gee, that was fairly well received. Do you think? <laughs> and I mean, like, what else? I mean, the... All the X-Men movies are, like, above and beyond, right. you know, humanity versus mutation, like, all kinds of crazy um, stuff. Avengers 1 and 2 or Captain crazy. America is essentially the world war. Yeah. Um, Iron Man, I mean, I guess Iron Man, the original Iron Man, is sort of fairly low stakes. It's, it's like a It's like a company thing. Iron Man The too. sequel is... Yeah, is is pretty low stakes. It's but it, it ramps up a little bit because it's sort of like a it has some government elements mm-hmm. to it that can expand a little bit. The Incredible um, Hulk was relatively low stakes as well, although most people <laughs> hate that movie. Uh, I don't. I like it, but uh, but you know, at the end of the, the day, it came mm-hmm. down to the abomination against the Incredible Hulk. I always like that. You know, that showdown between like the good guy versus the bad guy, as opposed to the good guy trying to stop a catastrophe yeah and and with this that's that's the essence of what um homecoming was about was this good guy trying to stop this bad guy who was has uh, run underneath all the radars he the avengers aren't paying attention to him Mm -hmm. the fbi isn't paying attention to him until somebody else comes in and shines a spotlight on him Mm -hmm. he's he's run his organization under the spotlight for eight years now. Right. So, like, that's the lowest of low stakes. They, they jumped eight years from Avengers, but in reality, Avengers has been only five years? Five years. So, so is Spider-Man Homecoming in the future? Like, I've heard a lot of people talk about... Like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it... Whatever, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, is it in the future or was Avengers in the past? Or yeah. did they cram eight years in the last five years? Reverse comic book time, if you will, Paul. We don't like well. How long's happened between Civil War and Spider Man? Uh, that was um, two years ago. Or wait, well, no, it was, it was last one year. because it, it was last it, year. It in movie that. time, it was a it, a year ago. Uh, Civil War came out last May. Yeah. And Spider Man's out this July. So. Fourteen months, Paul. So movie time and real time are the same. I guess I don't know. Paul, let me ask you something. What was your favorite thing about this movie? Um, Put him on the spot. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That is putting me on the spot a a bit. I guess my favorite. You can even give a top three if you want. If that's easy. I guess my favorite thing about this movie would be Tom Holland. It seems like the easy answer. Mm -hmm. But you you are a sucker for a handsome man. Handsome white man. Yeah, I don't know what. Well, you know, you flirt with your your, your black leading men. I do time to time. Um, yeah, I, I think it was Tom Holland. We finally got that. Uh, we finally got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Tobey Maguire was a great Peter, not a great Spider Man. Andrew Garfield was a great Spider Man, not a great Peter. Uh, we've had tons of animated voice work that was fine, but to actually see an age-appropriate Peter Parker come to life, uh, be able to give us a, a Peter Parker that we accept as knowing how to make web fluid in the drawer of his desk at work or at school, and go out and be you know the the kind of 
the kind of goofy, wiseacre, you know, fighting bad guys that we see. Like, he just, he was everything. He was every bit of Peter Parker and Spider-Man that, that I wanted. And there's a lot of that going around. It seems like the stock answer for what was the best part of this movie, but... You don't have to have a creative answer. Like, you just have to have the answer that feels true to your experience, man. Yeah, he he killed it. He was fantastic. I I thought I was gonna... I didn't think I was gonna like the New York accent because I generally don't like the New York accent. I like it. I didn't even consider it. But it it makes sense. Did you think... I thought that this was... This was a more fun version of Spider-Man, like, setting-wise, because it took place more in Queens, which, like, I'm not a New York person. I have no idea, and I don't give a shit about what happens in New York. But I guess Queens and Forest Hills, which that's where Spider-Man's from, is more of a suburban kind of environment, and that he's doing stuff that's, like, he's not swinging from... The towers of New York, which is cool, but like, but not for like this fifteen-year-old dude. Well, like, that was that was a, another thing that I liked is that they kind of addressed a lot of questions that people have been asking about, like Spider-Man for years. Like, well, what the fuck does he do when there's no buildings to swing off? <laughs> he runs. Yeah, he runs, runs like a schmuck, and like <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of this movie. Like, my favorite thing about Spider-Man is when like. He's an underdog, yeah. and like they to the point that like some of the opening music that they play for him is Spoon's underdog, where he's like walking through and like doing shitty stuff, and like Spider-Man getting his ass kicked and and having things backfire on him and stuff not work out the way like go and try to stop a robbery, but it's just some dude trying to get into his car, yeah. and like it's like it's those kind of things that are endearing to me as Spider-Man. And seeing seeing him, seeing him in the suburbs, seeing Mm -hmm. him, like, try to go from, like, tree to tree and then, like, house to house and run roofs and through yards. Like, it's, it's something we haven't seen before because we're taking Spider-Man out of, like, downtown Manhattan. It was like an ongoing training session because he was like, well, shit. Well, how do I get around now? Yeah, and, like, I... Ian, I am 100% on board with Spider-Man being the underdog. He uh, He's, like, down on his luck is what Spider-Man's all about. So, I kind of took exception to the super suit. Mm-hmm. I understand okay. in this universe how it works, why it works. It's of absolutely, logistically, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Tony finds him. Tony's a big science guy. Created Iron Man. Has every gadget under the sun. Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to put together a suit with Peter, who is also a science genius, who can help put together all the shit. But it kind of gives Peter too much of an advantage. It's like they play it off in the movie that it doesn't, because he's unfamiliar with all the different suit gadgets. And it kind of backfires on them. So they use, they kind of keep it to the underdog mentality. But I wanted, I don't really want him to have a version of the Iron Man suit. I kind of just want him to be in spandex and have to use just the web shooters and his wit. Um, I don't think that Spider, like Spider-Man traditionally has always 
been able to do stuff like web bombs and like fun different like web combinations and i think that that's a good explanation of how yeah like all that stuff works but and he and never like, has he never has he hasn't has had built-in gps yeah he, he's never had care vision before. yeah or yeah or do you any of that stuff do you think that like he'll ever master any of that stuff? it seems out of the character of this Peter Parker that'll ever get that stuff down. Like, I feel like he might even proactively like scale down some of that stuff because he can't do that. Yeah, stuff. I, I feel like I feel like it's like kill like, mode is like an absolute out. It's much like which was really funny. It's much like the way we use Photoshop. Mm. There are so many more of you know so many so much more to Photoshop than what we do or blurring penises. Right. Yeah, like, like I, I love the underdog mentality, and even like when he's when he's chasing down, uh, Shocker and the other bad guy in the truck in the suburbs, he's just being dragged along, and they're slamming him into garbage cans and fences, and he just keeps trying to keep up with them. And I loved at the end when he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good without this big suit because I don't want the Iron Spider." Yeah, I don't, I don't want the Iron Spider. I don't want him to have all this tech. So. Like I'd like him to keep it scaled down. Like I don't want I never want him to get a handle on like all the different versions of the webs or all the different shit the eyes can do. I think that's gonna be a running like gag that he's never gonna get that shit. Because it's like why it works for a movie. Like be like well, I think that like in today's in today's environment, like I think that of course a teenager building the suit or or having something like that like he would have tech like that yeah. he would have um the way that the spider tracer functions like which is an old school spider-man yeah. thing like it would work like that what did you guys think of intimidation mode <laughs> intimidation mode was shots fired fucking like batman <laughs> that's what that was I thought it was hilarious. It was, really it was so funny. Really, really hard. Because it, it was shots fired, Batman and Arrow. Like, your yeah. fucking voice disturber thing. Like, that's <laughs> garbage. A lot, lot of humor. Um, are we excited that Miles Morales is probably Donald Glover's cousin that he mentioned? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. I'm, I'm more excited that Donald Glover could possibly be the Prowler. Like, I think that would be pretty cool. If they did that. I don't know anything about the Prowler. But I was excited when they said Matt Gargan. And I was like, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is. They had a lot of good stuff. Even, you know, the post credit scene where Matt Gargan's talking to Adrian Toombs. And he's like, yeah, me and my friends. And I thought they were going to, like, name drop, like, a yeah. six or something. You know, but they didn't do that. But we all know. We all know. <laughs> Sinister Six. But that was that was pretty cool. That was something. I, I wanted Bokeem Woodbine to have a bigger presence. He was kind of limited. He was so good in season two of Fargo that I wanted him to have a, a bigger role. But I think that's a way that you kind of do two villains in a, a movie like this. Like, you have to have one that's, like, really understated and underscored. And, like, the way that they did him was perfect, I thought. Yeah, like, it I, worked great. I love him, but... He's but, not dead plenty potential to be part of that Sinister Six. Yeah, I've no, none of the guys are dead. Like, I was I was thankful that they didn't do the superhero thing and you know, and kill... snap his neck in a train yeah. station. <laughs> yeah, that's the superhero thing that you do. 
Yeah, what if Spider-Man would have killed a guy in this movie? Holy shit. A lot <laughs> of ripped his heart out. <laughs> yeah. Matt, did you have a favorite thing? If that was part of intimidation mode. Um, <laughs> instant kill. <laughs> Fucking murder. It instantly <laughs> killed me in the theater because his eyes turned black and red. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, yeah. man. Kill mode, kill mode was... It was so kill mode was just as funny to me as intimidation mode because the eyes go black with the little red dots and Peter immediately freaks out. Like it was, this movie was real. It was really funny. Intimidation mode did work for me because Donald Glover is like, I know you're a girl. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have a favorite thing per se like that really just stands out, but the thing that to me stands out is Spider Man specifically. Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He was just so good. Uh, yeah, Tom Holland was great as him, but it was it was everything. It was the way he looked. It was the it was the writing. It was all so good and so perfect. It it truly is probably the best Spider-Man package that we've gotten ever, uh, and, and that includes animation. Do you feel like they changed the eyes from the Civil War version? Because I think they did. I think that they made them bigger, like McFarlane style, and they do like close and open and stuff like that. But I think like overall, they're like a little bit more of the large traditional style than the Ramita um, style. Um, maybe that's a fucking nitpick, but like I, I thought that stood out to me. I was like, oh, they gave him like more McFarlane eyes. I really gave a crap about the character. I thought the best Spider-Man moments were... <clears throat> um, you have notes? No, but I, I have in my head. Were the um, the part when he was being dragged by the truck and, and, and the preceding, like, running through the neighborhood stuff. Fantastic. I loved when he was locked into that... In that... Um, in the, the is, damage that control... Damage control uh, warehouse wow. thing. And then when he says, you know, how long has it been? And, and Carrie, the Karen. suit says, Kara? Kara? Ka- Karen. Karen. I thought it was Carrie. Okay, Karen. Karen. When she says 37 minutes. And I thought that was really funny. Because the audience reaction is like, oh, thank God. And he's like, Karen, it's been that long. Oh, my God, I got to get out of here. Like, because as a teenager, it's like, oh, it's forever. It's forever. Right. right. You should see him doing a million different things. Because he can't sit still. It's so funny. He's like, he's in a fucking Spider-Man hammock. But that means that he was in that hammock for 30 seconds before he's like, I gotta do something else. Because he's a legit <laughs> teenager. Like, right. that's how a teenager responds <clears throat> to that situation. Um, what else? The, um, <clears throat> the part when he gets out of school, fine, can't wait to get out of school. Gets out of school, throws the Spider-Man uniform on. I, very ungracefully, might, might I add, puts the uniform on, leaves his backpack in the alley, and boom, he's off doing his Spider-Man thing. Then you have the montage. Why even, I even like, even before he gets to that part, like he's walking out of store, like he, he can't wait. He's walking out of school, and he can't, like, contain himself. He has to, like, jump over the fence. Like, yep. he's like, I'm a fucking superhero. I'm going to do this shit. Right, right. Uh... I, I loved him. I loved the, the few moments we had between him and May. Um, still having a hard time getting past the fact that Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. Cause you my, don't like hot Aunt May? Oh, I, I like hot Aunt May. Trust me. Mm. But 
I just, it, it doesn't feel like Aunt May, right? Like, it just doesn't. Even in the Ultimate Spider-Man story, where they tried to make May she a wasn't bit more hip. sexy. She was just, like, a little younger. She right. wasn't, like, ready to die. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so here's here's she the thing about she hadn't evaded the Grim Reaper for decades apparently. Here's his his sickle. <laughs> I did the math about Aunt May, and it it makes sense because Aunt May is thirty seven years older than Peter, providing Aunt May is the same age as Marissa Tomei today. You know who and else is the same age as Marissa Tomei? Who? Tony Stark. Iron Man. Right, so they should be slamming uglies. But she so, doesn't like him because he's creepy. My, my youngest aunt is less than 37 years my elder than Marissa Tomei is Tom Holland's elder. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Like, I don't think it's so weird. What it's makes it so weird, weird is that we're, tradi- we're traditional Spider-Man fans where... For years, Aunt May has been a corpse with a wig. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with Skeletor. <laughs> For years, with, with a white bun representing right. Peter Parker. Aunt May had been Mrs. Bates. Exactly. So, like, we're we're used to seeing a skeleton with a wig. <laughs> May Parker Bates. <laughs> the like younger, like more realistic Aunt May. Like, I mean, this it all it lines up. The timeline, the timeline works out. Like. It's it's fine, and man, does she look good. She looks great, and I love I I like that running joke. I like that people at the Thai restaurant are bringing her extra, you know, yeah. rice pudding mm-hmm. and shit, and she's just oblivious. Like the guy at the sandwich hey. shop wants to. The sandwich, I, 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 I love that sandwich shop. I like the argument over the sandwich shop. It's like, oh, it's too much bread. Like that's a legitimate sandwich yeah. shop argument. I love that. Ian, what was your favorite thing about the about the movie? Um, I liked everything that you guys covered. Uh, I also what the fuck? Right, super loud. I <laughs> see. I liked it so much that I dinged. <laughs> my, I, I'd say that probably my favorite thing is Michael Keaton's performance as the Vulture. The this has to this goes into the producers and the writers as we mentioned before doing something unprecedented and giving a backstory to the villain before the credits even roll so that you are emotionally invested in said villain mm-hmm. he he wasn't like a super evil dude he had a purpose he was trying to help his family out it's something mm-hmm. that we can all relate to but he just went a little too crazy with that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my favorite my favorite moment and my favorite part of this entire thing is you have Peter Parker getting ready for homecoming and he's doing all the homecoming prep with May and getting his dance moves down, getting his suit tight, going going over to the to Liz's residence and you open up the door. And her fucking dad is Adrian Toomes, and I'm a dummy. I don't see anything coming. I never do. I didn't but see holy it shit, did I not <laughs> see that coming? Like that was that was a great twist to this movie that I hope everybody 
like can like that's going to see it from now on can avoid and like be surprised as we were whenever we saw I it. I didn't see it coming either and we talked about it yesterday. I didn't think it was what it was when it happened when he could because Right, yeah. The last time we see him, he's talking about um you know, like the FBI haven't caught me, the Avengers aren't on to me. You know, but it's but this one, it's this one, one kid. kid who's got to be around from around the neighborhood or, or something. He says some, something local. So you're led to believe that he's he's starting to put this together. So when he opens the door, I'm like, oh, he's kid, he's figured all this out. He knows who Peter is. He knows who his love interest is. He's holding the Allens hostage. And now shit's going down. Yeah, and that's some typical mustache twirling villain shit that I think a lot of movies would have done or got been able to get away with. Right, but he didn't know yet. No, because he was he legitimately the, the dad. And that brings into focus a lot of like old Spider-Man tropes with like some Yes. You know, yes, like yes. like traditional Spider-Man like like when Aunt May is dating uh, Otto Octavius and right. shit like that. Or or whenever um Harry is his best friend, but right. You know, Norman Osborn is his sworn enemy. Like, it, it brought that all into focus. And I was like, holy shit. Like, they made, like, some new traditional Spider-Man ties that we haven't seen before. Yep. So, like, that shit. And just, like, the awkwardness of, like, going and picking up that girl that you love for your entire life. And what's your fucking, what's your worst nightmare? That her dad's going to be a fucking monster. Oh, he's that monster that you're currently fighting. Holy shit. And, like, just the emotional weight of Peter, like, not being able to focus as he's being driven to homecoming and his dates, like, just wanting to do cutesy shit. And as you can see, Adrian Toomes kind of putting it all together. And the part where they're stopped at the red light and he's talking about Spider-Man and his face is all red. And then, like, it, it um, yes. Adrian Toomes' face is lit, lit red from the stoplight. And he's talking and talking, and Peter says something to him, and then he flips into, like, vulture mode, and the light turns green, and his face lights up green. Like, that, like, subtle shit was, was really great. well done. Yep. So, yep. like, that whole that whole arc right there in Adrian Toomes was my favorite part of the movie. There's, so never, there's never been a better vulture anywhere. Because every time I've read the vulture in comic books, he is one step away from death. He is right. two He's years a, younger than traditional Ant-Man. Yeah, I don't know. I've always liked Vulture. I've liked him in classic stuff, like stuff that Larson did when he did like Return of the Sinister Six. I liked when Mark Miller wrote him in the Marvel Knights Spider-Man storyline. That was excellent. I mean, he's been I good. like that they upgraded him a little bit too, like they but they kept hints of his Vulture old school vulture costume because he has the bomber jacket that has like the white ruffle but like that's a hint to the traditional vulture costume the only time I liked the vulture in comics was in the ultimate storyline where the younger brash up and comer was trying to knock off two steps away from death old ass Adrian Toomes and overtake the vulture mantle because they always drew him so fucking old. I was like, it was never a threat. Yeah, it was always silly. It's kind of one of the charms about the character because villains usually don't look like that, and I kind of like that he did. Yeah. But it was never a charm to me. It was always like, why, why is this guy still a thing? He's so, not vital. What I would like, to but do- they made him vital. They made him. They made him a real threat, and they made him a really cool fucking villain. He looked 
Great. I love the eyes. fucking helmet with those green eyes. I hate it when he so took great. the mask part off and he just had the helmet. I was like, oh, put that mask back on. <laughs> do we do we like that for a good bit of the movie, it wasn't blatant, hey, we're paying this guy a billion dollars. You need to see his face every fucking scene. We saw a lot of the mask. Yeah. Not so much Tom Holland. Yeah, we we did because I the think mask the came off though at the, the end. The performance speaks for itself. I think Tom Holland's voice acting is yeah. like high quality. The, the the body language as well was really really good. But anyway, we're getting to an hour here, Paul. I want to talk about maybe some cons in this movie. What me did, too? What did you dislike? Uh, I disliked. The weird shuffling of Peter Parker's world. Mm-hmm. You get Peter Parker and Aunt May, mm-hmm. and then nobody else that anyone has ever recognized, unless you've been reading Marvel comics for sixty years. Right. Like they're all they're all part of the story. Uh, Betty Brant, Liz Allen, at least they've all been around since the sixties, but. It's not Mary Jane. It's not Gwen Stacy. It's not Harry Osborn. You kind of Jonah Jameson. It's not Jameson. You kind of get the re. We don't even get Uncle Ben. Right. You kind of get a different telling of the Harry story where his, you know, someone close to him is the bad guy. Is someone close to him's bad guy? Is someone close to him's father is the bad guy? Right. They kind of retell the Harry story through Liz. I guess, yeah. But it's so it's so foreign to me. And, like, I would have liked to have seen more of traditional uh, yeah. Peter Parker yeah, yeah. characters Ch- and his, his, his world. Instead, we get, like, all the C-listers. Yeah. Or made-up characters, right? Well, we get, like, we get a dose of Miles Morales' supporting cast. We get some made-up twisted versions. We got some bogus MJ that I read. That's not Mary Jane, by the way. It was just a fun way to put an MJ in the movie. I was like, why? Yeah. Unnecessary. Seems, yeah, it seems yeah, not but unnecessary. By the, by the quote-unquote reveal, like, she's so not any Mary Jane that we've seen before. Right. Why bother? Right. Why even bother? Just, right. I mean, this girl is her own character. Totally. Zendaya yeah, just have her own character. Yeah, have Michelle just be her own thing. Michelle. You've already changed up so many things. Just just keep it going. Keep changing shit. Yep. But I did like, I like the, um, the Ned slash Ganky character. He was, he was Ganky and the Miles Morales stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like the addition because I, I think that was necessary to have like another person like another audience point of view person to be there to be like can i wear the spider-man hat it was like mask it was cool that peter had like a best friend kind of going along with him but it helps for exposition it does but again like spider-man it's harry osborn like that's who spider-man's best friend is and that's probably who it should have been is is the osborn name 
legally hung up with Sony or something? No, I, I don't think that, that. They probably could have used it, but I think that it's, it's part of the, like, refreshing of the franchise. We're, we're doing a... At this point, they're doing a mashup of, like, traditional right. Peter Parker stuff which, with Miles Morales stuff, which is more relevant, like, in, in some... Ultimate Spider-Man stuff sprinkled in. Totally, there. this like this they're, movie, they're taking the best parts. This movie felt very much like Ultimate Spider-Man, like a blend of the Miles stuff and the original, you know, Mark Bagley and Brian Michael Bendis stuff. Did you and, see uh, the Bagley like spray painted on the wall mm-mm. at some point? Yeah, no, that was no. that was cool. Uh, but but this movie definitely feels like an amalgam of those two things, and much much less so traditional Spider-Man, I think. There, there's not a whole lot that they pull from um, in traditional Spider-Man. I, I agree with that. I think that what they do pull from is a spirit of traditional Spider-Man. Like the like the like underdog qualities and the the uh, you know like the beaten down aspect of Spider-Man. Yeah, like Spider-Man's like a weird superhero. Totally, but that's in Ultimate Spider-Man. Right, 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 right. right. So uh, but, Paul, I completely agree with you, and that's probably my biggest gripe with the movie, is that while Spider-Man was basically perfect, where the hell is the rest of the Spider-Man cast? Like, I, I'm i sorry, but I want J. Jonah Jameson, and I want Harry um, Osborn, and I want... Uh, Betty Brant and I want Mary Jane and I want I want those guys to be there. I know we've seen a million times, but we've also seen Spider-Man a million times. And that's part of what makes Spider-Man such a rich character is his cast. Like to me, to me, Batman is the only other character that has a more well-realized world. You know, like the villains, the, the supporting cast, the city, all that stuff. Spider-Man is like right there behind it to me. It's also been a problem with Batman comics the last few years because Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo were like trying to do their own thing. Hey, we're doing our own thing. You know, Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, you're out the door. We're bringing in all these new different characters. We're bringing in Court of Owls and Duke Thomas and Court of Owls. Who the fuck are these guys? Be fair, Court of Owls was cool. It was cool, but and it was a good new thing that they introduced. It was, but since then. Yeah, but since then they introduced, like, Talon, and he becomes part of the yeah, Batman yeah. and like, who the fuck gives a shit about Talon? Right. No one. Nobody. And, like, I appreciate all the characters that we've seen, except for Michelle slash MJ. They've been parts of the Spider-Man U for a while, but, like, maybe, like, like I get the like them using of Liz. Miles and Peter stuff, and using Liz. Like, that was a functional thing that they had to do, like... To surprise longtime Spider-Man fans and yeah. the audience in general, yeah. like, and they had to do it. Like, yeah, like, I, I get it. We're, we're we're relaunching. We're doing brand new things. We don't want to do the same stuff. Did so it feel lesser we're gonna than? Tell, you know, we're going to tell the Harry story with a new family. Did it feel lesser than the Amazing Spider-Man franchise that used all of those? same characters or tried to use a lot of the same characters? I think Amazing Spider-Man. Did we even see? Norman Osborn in the Amazing movies. We, we did. He was yeah. in the second one. It was Chris Cooper. Oh, he was on his yeah, deathbed, and he had like, and he wasn't he wasn't uncool. Like I liked how they did that. It like Dave like, Hahn fucking stunk. Yeah, but Chris Cooper was really good. It seemed like they were gonna eventually revisit Chris yeah. Cooper because he kind of was right. changing already. 
But maybe, like, I mean, I guess it. we've done like Green Goblin stuff before. Like maybe they just wanted to distance themselves because there are so many good Spider-Man stories that you can tell as evidence right. from Homecoming, and they can always come back to it in a sequel. You know, they can introduce Norman Osborn. You don't have to shoot your load and in this movie. Peter's only a sophomore in this movie. True, but he's in high school, right? Mary Jane should probably be there. We or got Gwen Stacy. Hawkins Day dance. We got prom night. We got all I the Spider-Man movies. Like, I wouldn't hate if, like, you know, he was always taking pictures with his iPhone or something. Like, just something to show, like, he has this aptitude for photography. It's a big part of the character. And I felt like a lot of those things were just ignored while they were focusing on making Spider-Man perfect and introducing, like, all this newness to it while kind of ignoring... The, the richness of his universe at the same time. So that was kind of a disappointment. Which is kind of surprising for Marvel having their fingers in this movie because Marvel has been all about like the rebirth of these characters in the movies. Right. We get like the at-their-core versions of their, themselves and their characters, but Spider-Man being rebooted so closely one after the other. I think it really worked. I thought this movie was... Fantastic, and the fact that the supporting cast were a bunch of like C-list Spider-Man cast members, it's a it's a minor it's a minor grade because overall I think this movie was really good. Yeah. yeah, the the one character that they brought into it from the comics, the supporting character was Flash Thompson, and he was like a to- like he couldn't have been less like Flash Thompson from. The comics. I want the jock. I'm sorry. That's what Flash Thompson is. You mean Flash and Jessica Hart. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, like, I think of the way Flash was in the original Spider-Man movie. That that was correct. Joe Manganiello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pittsburgh's own, right? Right. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, and then to see this dweeb as Flash Thompson, it's like, get the fuck out of here with that. That's, no, that's wrong. I gave you a pass on Aunt Make. She's so hot. But Flash Thompson, no, no, you gotta be cooler than that. And then, and then, like that's what makes the character so fun. Later, is he becomes like Spider-Man's biggest fan. Like this big jock that beats up on Peter becomes like Spider-Man's biggest fan. Who cares if this dweeb likes Spider-Man? Dumb. Were there any other like before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, what tonight? didn't you like? What, what was your what, what was did your least favorite like? I, I really liked a lot of stuff about movie let me let me well hold on let me let me think i didn't think that i was gonna get what didn't i like are you fucking serious this is the sauce podcast you didn't think we were gonna well, talk about what we didn't like i was salivating waiting till we talked about what we didn't like i'm not i'm not a super negative guy as as we all know um i didn't love that uh i didn't love the mj stuff like that wasn't something that i uh, that i liked very much i'm trying to think like I really, I really enjoyed this film a lot. I'm gonna give it a high score whenever we wrap here, but I can't really point to something that I was like, oh, I fucking hated it. Because even the one thing that I thought they were go- that they were legitimately going to do that I was going to be upset about when they take Peter up to the new Avengers facility and they show him the awful, which could have been even worse, Iron Spider costume, and I think that they made it. Like, not cool-looking on purpose. I was like, ah, shit. You know, Peter is going to become an Avenger because that's how it's going to go. Like, 
but they even flipped that on me, and he he, you know, went home and didn't do the press conference and walked away from it. And so, then we got a completely unnecessary fifteen minutes of Iron Man three point five. Well, I think that did you not like any of that stuff? Did you not like any of the Gwyneth Paltrow? It was like because I've seen I've seen all these movies. I'm familiar with all these characters. I enjoyed it, but as far as Spider-Man: Homecoming as a movie goes, no, we didn't need any of that. That scene ends when Peter's like, "That was a test, right? I passed it." And then like I hate to tell you, but like like, all these movies are like are interconnected. Yeah, I, you're gonna I have it. guest stars from time to time. Like we that did, was which we did. That was a two that was Robert two minutes Downey out of the movie. All movie. Yeah, and he yeah. played a great role. He paid he played he a was, father figure. He, he did was a, awesome. It was a better job than what they did in the comic books where like Peter and Tony are like he Tony's was a piece of shit to Peter. Like, yeah, right. Books. And he was also his his like the same age, I feel, in the comic books. Well, he should have been, but the way they did it very bizarrely in the comics. But it suddenly worked, he seems a lot younger. Like it's it works so good in these movies because yeah. he's his like his fucking intern. Yeah, yeah. So he can kinda of talk down to Peter. Peter's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah tell me great. more. Yeah. Like so Robert Downey Jr. like was absolutely necessary and worked absolutely. Great. Flawless performance, just the right amount of RJ RDJ. He was amazing. Gwyneth Paltrow, all that, we're going to get married instead of telling Peter he's the thing. Like, all that, it was it was unnecessary. It was fun yeah. for a Marvel a Marvel Studios fan. It was a lot of fun. Right. It was unnecessary. As a, no, no, Ian, you're rolling your eyes. You think it was necessary. I wasn't. I actually part. technically oh, wasn't rolling my eyes. I was just closing my eyes. Can I do that? Is there anything that I can do? Should I should I just sit here like this? <laughs> yeah, as, well, as you make uh, your comments? Yeah, should I do that? Was, like, I, was, I, I was not interrupting. I was just blinking. I've seen all the movies. It was unnecessary. Also unnecessary, that second end credit scene with Captain America. You, you're going to make me fucking wait around for a lame joke. Come on. But getting back, well, to, the, getting back to the positive, when... Uh, after the Staten, you really- after the Staten Island thing, and you know, like the suit, the Iron Man shows up on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, "You're not even in there." And then Tony steps out. I was like, <gasps> "It was that worked so fucking well." Because did, uh, be, did you not Tony see the trailers, you sucker? Right. Like did like we all knew that? Right. that I knew that, that was gonna. Yeah, happen, we all right? knew. I don't think I saw that trailer. Uh, you fucking suck. That worked. Every commercial that for worked, the movie. I, we yeah, all, I don't see, think I saw, that would have worked way better if we didn't see that hey, part. That right. worked, that worked so fucking well. Like, Tony was fucking great in this movie. I love the dynamic between the two of them because it makes sense because Tony's a science, or Peter's a science geek and Tony's like science the god. The science god, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm excited for, to see like Peter, Tony, and Bruce Banner. Well, like, because they have in scene. the classroom, there's there like he's in like detention or something like that, and on the wall, like um, uh, Tony Stark's dad, um, blanking on Tony Stark's dad's name, uh, uh, Jesse Dominic Dominic Cooper is on the wall. No, it's uh, it's John Slattery, but uh, what's uh, um, no, it's not John Slattery. It yeah, it is. It's not Dominic Cooper. It's the John it was Slattery Dominic version. Cooper and. But the version that they have on the wall is the John Slattery, like that got murdered by Winter Soldier. What's Tommy's? What's Howard Stark? That's a Howard, Howard Stark. Stark. Dummies. But they also have um, 
Who's, uh... <laughs> we don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah we Who's don't know anything. Um, who is the scientist that gives Captain America the, uh, the super oh, soldier it's, form? Um, it's, right. uh... <laughs> he was in, uh... He was in Burlesque. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he been in... also in the Hunger Games movies. Right, no, right, right. He's kind amazing. Of a flamboyant yeah, he's, he's he's fantastic. He's amazing. But yeah, I didn't. That see guy is more, also more, on the wall. Huh? So not enough to not know these names. Um, any any final thoughts, Paul, for this movie? And then give us a score. Um, I think it was really good. It was really good. I'm gonna give it an eight. It's not baby driver territory, but it's not bad. But what is really? I give it a nine, man. I really, I really liked it. If you couldn't tell from my, my like problems with trying to find something that I didn't like, yeah, there were not a lot of things that I didn't like. Yep. I love this movie. I love this character. I think that they did something new and fresh with this character that I was afraid that they weren't going to be able to do. I liked all the new suit, like the Iron Man-esque kind of things that in this world, in this time, makes sense for the Spider-Man character. Yeah. I love the way that they did the villain. I think it might might be the best Marvel villain ever portrayed on the silver screen. A lot of things that I really loved about it, and my Spider-Man-ness sways me a little bit further. Nine Swings out of ten, you, man. you should probably say. Swings you into an eye? High nine. High nine! Climbs, cl- wall crawls me right up. I'm down here. I love when he's climbing up the Washington Monument and it's taking for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Nine out of ten. Matt, what do you give it? Well, uh, I wanted to very quickly agree with what you were saying before, Paul, that um, a lot of the ties to the other MCU movies was like kind of unnecessary as a matter of fact in a lot of ways it it brings my score down because this can't be self-contained because there's so many uh heavy-handed ties to the other movies in a way it felt like kind of a quasi sequel in a way like there was so much happy in it uh there was i mean not a ton of uh, iron man but enough to be like it can exist by itself, right? Like, it, you have to have seen the other ones. And and I think there's kind of a... Spider-Man is such a great, rich kind of uh, universe that they've built with all the characters and everything. And to forego that and focus so heavily on, like, the MCU stuff instead of establishing kind of, like, Spider-Man's own existing mythology was a little bit of a letdown, although I kind of knew it was coming. But that's, to me, what makes this movie not the 10 that I wish it would have been, and it's a 9. Uh, it, it Man, is so I thought you were going to go, like, 6. No, like, no, no, no. It's, this movie is the best Marvel cinematic movie, period. Period. Nothing okay. is I'm going to make you do me. it in one second here. You're going to have to rank the Spider-Man movies. Without Civil War. Don't worry, asshole. <laughs> best what, I'm, I'm still reeling over best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck's better? 
Um, Iron, I think Iron Man. Wrong. See, I, I, I see? don't I think so. I think maybe Civil War. Like, I think Civil um, War. But better. like, it's, I think Winter Soldier's better. It's yeah, debatable. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's debatable. But to me, it's no question, not even close. This Shit. movie was so. This movie does what like I, I don't hate you for it. Like, like, well, let's. I want you to. Like after I'm done interrupting you, I want you to convince me. <laughs> let's remember previous movie scores. Right. And thinks Thor the Dark World is better than this movie. No, I don't know. Hey, oh, it's a tie. Wait, 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 wait time out, time out. Why don't we why don't we update our 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 what we're grading oh, no. on? Why don't Those we why don't we do something forever? Why don't we do something more current that when we went and looked at Marvel movies, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, whenever we ranked Marvel movies, and I said Civil War. So instead of that antiquated three-year-old crusty score that I gave Thor the Dark World. That, can we hey. ever put it to bed? No. Why, why don't we, no, it never goes to bed. It's it's forever awake. Right. But sure, we ranked the Marvel movies and Thor the Dark World was not number one. What did it, you give it when we ranked it? You gave it a nine. It's it's right, in the... Right? 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 You gave it a nine when we ranked it? Right. Did we rank Marvel movies recently? Did we rank the Marvel movies recently? We did, the did, we World, did, we did we do that? Did we do that? Did we do that? What did you give it? It was way down there. It was way down there when we ranked them within the past two months. Matt, what did when we first ranked Thor: The Dark World right after we saw it? What ranking was it? Give or it? was it not the first time that we did movie rankings ever? It was. Right. And that's, so then after we learned, that's three years later, about. three years later, I gave it a fucking night. Everybody fucking listening knows. Throw the Dark World, just as good as Spider-Man Homecoming. Matt, what's your ranking? Well, I said it was a nine. The reason why I think it's the best Marvel movie that they've made so far is because I cared about these characters. Now, granted, Civil War at the end of that, that's heavy shit. But... I think equally as heavy, no pun intended, was when the building fell on Peter Parker and he can't get up out of it and he's calling for help. I'm like, oh my God, how is he going to get out of this? What issue is that a callback to? It's like 33 or something. Because it's an I early issue. I, I'm pretty sure Batman on Batman got it wrong when I listened to it. Oh, we definitely, I, I definitely just got it wrong. I, I just guessed. I know it's from something and I love the callback to it. I love the way Tom Holland did it. Like when he's, He's like, he's almost crying for point. help. Yeah, it's he so like Tom Holland is crying. I love I love that bit. But yeah. I don't re- I I don't remember it's fr- if it's a panel from an issue. Right. If it's from a it's cover, a, but I can cover, see it in right? my head. It's, I just don't remember what it's from. And and I and I use this word a lot in the way that I kind of evaluate things. Like it had a heart to it that, um, frankly, doesn't exist in the other MCU movies, and it's there. In full force in this movie. I cared about it. I loved the the parts that weren't superhero stuff. Like when they went to the party and and Ned's there with his goofy ass hat. Like I just loved that little stuff and it made the characters so likable and and kind of fleshed out and not kind of like stereotypes. Well, we, don't, we don't get a lot of that in the other Marvel movies. I know. Like, we get some fish out of water Thor stuff in right. the first Thor there's the party at Avengers Tower and yep yeah, Ultron, which is the beginning of Ultron yeah which is kind of like up there with kind of where I'm going with this yeah so like 
And Ian and I were just talking about Preacher earlier and how we want to see more just normal character interaction. Like slow beats. Yeah, the the slower beats that make all the big action scenes more important. They give them more weight. Right. So, yeah, this movie was really, really good. It it really was. And then the final... uh, thumbs up that I want to give it is I think the score was really good. Michael Giacchino came in. He kind of like utilized the original Spider-Man theme and turned it kind of cool. And he had this really good theme that went throughout the movie. Uh, I don't know if I like it better than um, the original uh, Danny Elfman, like very percussive soundtrack that he that he came up with. Remember what they would play like over the Marvel thing, the Marvel banner at the beginning of that movie? I don't know which one I like better, but this was really good. And it was better than the the James Horner, God Rest His Soul, one from Amazing Spider-Man. And it was definitely better than the Hans Blue Balls piece of shit that he made with... What was that one name rapper in Amazing Spider-Man 2? I can't remember. But you know what I'm talking about, Was he a rapper or was it a... Wasn't it like Danger Mouse or something like that? No, no, no. It wasn't Danger Mouse, no. Okay. But anyway... um, you Did you like some of the pop music that was in? Like, I guess not pop music, but they had yeah, I, um, the Ramones in it. Right. Like the Ram- aren't um, the Ramones like historically like a Queens kind of band or something like that? Well, that I don't know. I I didn't love it. I don't typically love it when popular music kind of makes it into the soundtrack. It's just not my thing, right? But I think it was pretty well placed in this one. So yeah, for like as as I mentioned before, for me like. The lyricless version of Underdog that was played by Spoon, yeah, like really hit home. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, man! Like this might be something that this character would listen to. Yep. Yep. Like it seems like it fits in this world. Mm-hmm. Like so, and it fits the character who yep. I think is always an underdog and something that's beloved to me. So, yep. yeah, yeah, Ian, yeah. Ian, why don't you rank the Spider-Man movies? Nah, are we really gonna do this? Very Holy quickly, very smokes. quickly. Um, I like, man, I. I still feel like the second Spider-Man movie is the best Spider-Man movie. I think that that could be true. So, um, but then Homecoming comes right in there. After that, I think that Spider-Man won. Um, And then, like, I really didn't like Spider-Man 3, so I'm going to go Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. That's a fair list. Um... My list, uh, which I'll get to as soon as Paul ranks his uh, Spider-Man he, movies. He's got a lot of, you know, he's got to think about it a little bit. He's got to, like, yeah, put it together. Sometimes he, yeah. Paul, what, what was your um, your ranking for the Spider-Man movies, not counting Civil War? Back to front or front to back? Uh, let's go... Uh, let's go Let's go top down. Like, one, two, three... The caveat for number one is that I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm still going to put Spider-Man 2 at number one. And then Homecoming. And then Spider-Man. And then Amazing Spider-Man. And then... What's left? Uh, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. uh, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. That sounds familiar, doesn't it, Ian? It sounds... Like the exact list that I just ran off. Well, here's a list that won't sound like the last two lists. Uh, The best Spider-Man movie is still the first Spider-Man movie. Cheeseball dialogue and all. Hmm. Uh, 
Then Spider-Man 2, I think they're like 1A and 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 1B. Like they're so like right there for me. Um, it's it's I I'm amazed that you still like Spider-Man 1 as much as you do. I I do. I love it. I, and I've seen it recently too and and I think mm-hmm. it holds up brilliantly. Like I think some of the effects are a little uh, I don't know, but you have that. You know, but um Man, there's really good sequences in that movie. I love the fact that he's in high school, but not for that long. They they include a lot of the important characters that make up the Spider-Man world, and it just works on so many levels. Like everything from the moments when they go, um, they have their apartment together, Harry and and Peter, and they have Thanksgiving dinner there. But beforehand, he has to fight Green Goblin, and he figures out that. Uh, you know that Peter is Spider-Man at that moment. And I don't know. Anyway, love those movies. Uh, number number three, not too far behind is Homecoming. Uh, then things get a little bit dicey, but I'm gonna go with Spider-Man three um, because I think that while that movie had problems, the first half is pretty fucking good. Like with Sand, where Sandman all the Sandman bits more. are really good. Right, like, like Tom Hayden Church. Right, and such if like. that movie could have been just. Sandman is the villain from what we saw in the first half. Like, wow. Yeah, that I think it looks was a great. Really great movie. Um, and then, um, then probably Amazing Spider-Man two, uh, because I think they really got Spider-Man right. And let's face it, that's the best looking Spider-Man that has ever existed. Was the one. It's did you not like the Homecoming Spider-Man? I did, but I think the one in Amazing Spider-Man two. That's ours, dude. That's our McFarlane Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a good point. Um, and then because and then, the Homecoming Spider-Man has like some like weird black line nonsense mm-hmm. going on in the back, yeah, and yeah. I don't busy. think he he doesn't have like the big spider on the back or anything like that. No, he does. Does he have the big spider he has on the, the big back? Spider on the back. But I thought there was like weird, a, like shoulder black parts that. Come out. Yeah, and then. Um, then finally, I think Amazing Spider-Man is kind of awful. Um, so yeah, that's my list. A little yeah. bit controversial, Paul, but whatever. Yeah, we can be controversial sometimes. There's a lot the of stuff like the, the Gwen Stacy, Peter Parker stuff in both Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, if that stuff is much greater than any of the like romance that happens in homecoming like if there is if yeah. we'll get back like the thing that I would take away and say is my least favorite part is that um, Peter Parker and Liz have, don't have a lot of chemistry and that would be something that I'm like uh, you know um, it doesn't seem like that dude loves that girl there was a he, charming awkwardness to it that kind um, of like makes sense for a 15 year old I liked it uh, like I don't know it wasn't as great as the chemistry that was happening with Andrew Garfield. I would expect and, that with adults versus 15-year-olds. I mean, granted, and, uh, Tom Holland's 20. True, but there's like a longing that you can always put yeah. into any character. You always long as a as, as a 15-year-old as much as you are a 37-year-old. Yep. So um, I think there was that part was missing, but that wasn't like the, the eventual apple of his eye yep. like Liz is a disposable character like when we get to the end of it yep. like so I will say this if I had to rank like my top favorite superhero movies which maybe we can do at some point probably those three Spider-Mans are in my top five one two and Homecoming yep yeah yep and you you would you like one 
one and two over any other MCU movie. Yeah, those are my favorite superhero movies. Yep. That's intense. Don't look at me like that, Paul. Don't give me that look. That's <laughs> intense. That's intense. All right, well, let's wrap. I need to watch those again. That's you, player. I'm, I'm not doing playboy. anything. That's am okay. I, no, am I aggressively no, like, rocking? Hey, the no, pod behind hear. the pod, I'm making faces. My chair is making noises. No one can hear. Andy's interrupting, but you already heard that. That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Dave Jarbley! <laughs> Matt Casal. Matt Spider Maniac Casal. Maniac! We'll see you next time.